Oi, you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 247. On tonight's episode, the Munlings get together and talk about the Realm Lords. Oh, the elves are so magical. They can fight. They got spears as long as long. And then they can fight past each other. And oh, I hate elves, so just shut up. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage YouTube next two hours or thereabouts we'll do our best to keep you informed entertained and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way bringing you heck i can't say it say it not right gonna say it positivity high energy that's what this show's about and we're talking about techless yes positivity high energy and techless i'm alex gonzalez and I'm David White Tech, and Alex is back. Alex is yeah. back after hiatus. It's all good. It's all good. You're moved in. Your house is beautiful. You're happy. Your kid is great. Yeah. There you go. We're ready. See, we are ready. We are doing it. We are doing this. You are back, and we are ready and raring to go. And, ha- and Harrison is thankful because he was going to cover if we couldn't get this working. But he's like, Dad, I don't know how to play this game. All I'm going to do is be really excited. I'm like, you don't know how far your excitement for this goes when people are listening to this. So here we go. Yeah. Sponsors. Yeah, we should probably take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 Six Squared Studios. For all your basing needs, that's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. Oh, and guess what? Kevin just sent me a message. You know the little, uh, what is it, the things that they can do? They get the Aether Quartz Reserve. He made little Aether Quartz bits. I don't know if they're clear or not, but I think they're in the clear the the stuff. And he sends Aether Quartz bits. He's sending them for me and Harrison to put with all the units so we know when they've used them. Oh, that's clever. (laughs) Very bright idea. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. And don't yes. forget. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. There's always something happening at Grognards. Yes, we have a bell. We have a bell. We have two bells, actually. I'll have to give you one. I have a, why do we, wow. Well, uh, the, when we got sent the bells, it was a two-pack. I just got to oh. figure out where the heck the other one went. But yeah, it was a two-pack of bells. Neat. Yay. All right, so, um, oh, and we also want to thank, obviously, the Patreon sponsors, those uh, those almost 1% who think this show has actually got value. And we want to thank you all for uh, everything you do, making everything possible, including, just want to mention, we are recording on the brand new Zoom Live Track L8 recorder uh our old recorder um was a very basic recorder but it served me well for literally 10 years but it was getting to be time i liked zoom i bought a new one this thing's amazing and it's got so many lights so our old recorder could only play like hot crossbones basically kind of yeah N- not okay. even really it, it, it was you know because one of the holes was getting bad on it so it was like hot cross or hot buns but that's not this kind of show so well Anyway, anyway, um, but I want to thank all of those Patreon sponsors who make everything possible, including our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, Lance Pear, and back AJC. AJC. 
uh, executive producers Colin Miller and Andrew Frankusen, and our newest patron, Jesse Hughes. Thank you, Jesse, for joining the ranks of the almost 1% who make this show and everything we do possible. Um, I did want to make one mention. Last episode, I said that uh, Dylan Smith uh, helped out getting uh, Harrison, or uh, Harrison actually, he bought the 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 set the realm lord set so i i basically just went and picked it up so i hijacked his book um but so um he was he he gave me a really sweet deal on uh on a realm lord's book so that harrison can take his to school and i have mine so it's dylan mosley who did that and of course you know i thanked him and told him i was going to mention him on the show and then he went and listened and then i get the text ah because that's not my name i was like oh i'm so sorry that's so stupid um hey Harrison didn't take his book to school. It's sitting right there on the couch. Well, he's going to be back tomorrow, so it don't matter. He's going to give it to him then. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thank you very much. And, of course, you got your book. Um, yeah. Oh, we yeah. got mine courtesy of Nick Nafliotis. And I still owe Nick. I, gotta, I owe him for the book. <laughs> but uh, thank you, guys. When I reached out on Facebook and, and, and within a half hour, I think, like, we had people like, hey, we got books. And that's... We we really appreciate because a lot of people bought multiple sets and what do you need five books for you don't so help out Garage Hammer that's what you do you help your friends all right hey Alex did you know we have voicemail you you've been gone a while voicemail? we still have voicemail I've uh, been gone for three months and we still have voicemail we still have it and we got a ton of them in the last month but we couldn't uh, we we didn't play those because of the stuff but that's not the point we haven't gotten any since the last recording so I'm just going to mention that the voicemail is one seven five seven G H show six that's one seven five seven G H show six you can call you can leave a voicemail we'll play it um. That's what we try to do. International callers dial usually zero zero and then one seven five seven GH show six. Um yeah. So voicemail. That's what we got. So all right. Uh guess what, Alex? Come what? on, guess. Do we want to talk about Lumineth Realm Lords? Well, we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back and then we're gonna talk about Lumineth Realm Lords. We're gonna talk about the rules. It's only ten units. And um, if I, I know you don't listen to the show because you, you you're on it most of the time, but uh, Harris and I were talking, and we're like, this book has just gotten us so excited for whatever they're going to call the Tyrian book and the Malarian book. Like, we got elf fever in this house. Elf fever. We got a fever. Where's the bell? And the, oh, we got a fever. And the only prescription is more tall hats. That's what it is. So we're gonna take a break. Then we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk more else. Back in a moment. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. 
or chaos or All right, boys, girls, others, and I guess the elves. Uh, so you should probably prick your ears for this one. Oh, and uh, we will talk about the Lumineth, Lumineth Realm Lords at War. Yes, yes. All right, so... Um, only Can ten- I interrupt? Please do. Excellent. Um, this is something that had come up um, actually in a playtester chat. Uh, and I can probably talk about this because it's probably okay. Because the book's um, already out, right? I mean, well, yes and no. I can't talk about the creative process. Okay. But one of the questions that came up in conversation was whether or not we found the tips for painting the models helpful if we actually used them. You mean the ones and, in the book? Yes. Um, for some of the other books. Now, granted. Uh, this had not come out yet at the time the question was asked and everything like that. So I had a conversation with myself and it's like, I really don't use the books um, because I kind of pick up my own color schemes and go with it. Uh, this thing will teach you how to do question. The Yes. Did you agree with yourself or did you argue? Because that's that that's going to tell me a lot. So I was looking at this book <laughs> and I was paying attention to the instructions and how they do things. And I actually really like all of the painting directions in this book because it's actively incorporating new parts of the range. So like almost everything in here has something to do with contrast in some regard, as well as how to achieve battle ready and then like parade ready. They don't always say parade ready, but they definitely do say battle ready. So what is you can the go meaning? That extra steps. Oh, battle ready. Oh, parade ready is like when they're coming out, all, like they just came out off, off the, uh, they're putting on brand new armor. No, no, like the parade ready is the uh, GW concept where it's, you've done the extra layering, done the extra highlighting. Oh, right, right. Whereas so battle ready is like the basics. Okay. So. So they're getting they away from tabletop all standard. Of these to get you from the start to basic to from the start to battle ready. And then you can do the extra bits and bobs to take it to that next level. And some of the painting tutorials here are actually like really useful and really, really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I always look through these tutorials. There's oftentimes something I can use. Um, and I mean, they've gotten simpler, which is good, you know, like, and they've got more pictures. So it's not like that three steps where there was obviously seven skipped in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say the the book that I went back to of all the books I ever had, and I've gotten rid of a lot of my old books. And I know some people keep all their old books and I just don't have space. But one of the books I still have is the sixth or seventh Ed High Elf book. Um, now, I just started playing at the right at the tail end of sixth. The High Elf book that I have is not the one where you would have to pick, where you would roll to see Intrigue or something like that. It was the one right after that. Okay? You know what I'm talking about? It had the Solar Helm on the cover? Yes. Yeah. Um, that had gem painting tips. 
and the step-by-steps on what to go, where to color, where to put the shade, where to put the highlight, where to put the little white dot. I think I went mm-hmm. back to that more than almost any other painting tip until um, until the uh, last uh, Vampire Counts arm. Uh, and that was actually, that was the White Dwarf with the ugly Glenn Danzig looking Vampire Count on the front of the White Dwarf. That one I kept going back to for the stone and coloring and the uh, ghostly color shading. But I... I I I always go through these because I don't I'm I'm not good at this. Like I don't I don't know color theory. I don't I can't I don't pick out my own patterns. I look at this and say that's better than my idea. Let's go for it. And I use these things all the time because I am not creative. I am a very good forger. I am not a good creator. So yeah, um, but I was looking through this as uh, was getting ready for this review. Um, and I just want to make mention that this is like actually like quality, especially like the basing portion where they explain how to do the different base styles um, and the horses. I know for some people that seems silly to like harp on the horses, but comprehensive horse painting guides are not easy to follow and they're not always like easy to understand. True. So. Yeah, and they just want to... little dots on here on the main, like the skin, you know. Yeah, just the little stipple. Even if you're just using um, the contrast paint, but even then, it's still. I don't know. I really like it. Hats off to them on this book, especially for the uh, painting tutorials. Yeah, this is. I'm actually looking. Yeah, you met, then they got the different variants on the armor too. I like that. The four, the four different. Uh, places that they mentioned they each have their yeah the four great nations and then a variant off of Yemetrica. yeah no that's cool i like this i, w- I didn't go through it too deep because i had to get ready for the show but no i, I was looking at it and i'm like oh that's good you know and they're throwing little tips on the side i'm going i'm good with it so let's get but let's get to war we could paint later let's get to the war i'm so excited all right um allegiance abilities um okay there's there's cool stuff in here I really like this. Now um well let's let's come back to the Ether Quartz reserve. Let's go to some of the other things right here because the Ether Quartz reserve is kind of long, okay? Um first of yep. all you, you you can you can pick one of the four great nations, but you don't have to. Right? Mhm. And everybody knows what that is. It's like it's picking your clan, your group, whatever you're from. So if if you pick that, you get special bonuses, but then you have to pick certain items and you have to take certain rules and we'll get to those we'll kind of go through that later um and if you have a great nation keyword you cannot gain another one right um now but if they if 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 you have a character who comes with a great nation keyword he can still fight in the other great nation and be a part of that army right i mean it does there's yeah no rule he just it. doesn't gain any of the benefits and we're talking about the stoneheart king because he's the only one that has a great nation keyword uh-huh so if he comes in, he just gets his normal rules, but he doesn't get any of the bonuses for being from that great nation. Correct. He has to be from Yometrica to go to his full potential. Got you. Okay. Um, lightning reaction is now. Like I said, I was explaining this one to Harrison, and he was he was just going off off the deep end. He was like, "Okay, that's really cool. A cool way to do it." Um, because you don't pick entire battles to fight between the two units you go back and forth always strikes first doesn't make sense as a rule um 
so they get lightning reactions. Um, I mean, there is always strikes first. You know what I mean. So, you know, um, you get to pick two units to fight when it's your turn to pick. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. So I yeah. pick two, you pick one. I pick two, you pick one. <laughs> That's great. And that li- that really can play into your strategy for how you're setting up, where your attacks are, all sorts of stuff. That Just, just that one rule adds a whole uh, layer to to your strategy and to where you're putting things and how you're how you're how you're going into it. Plus, it it just helps when you just gotta you know if these guys don't get through, these guys behind them better do it. Like if you need to really put in an overpower, I just it's great. Um, yes. The only thing you have to watch is you may spend yourself too quickly, um, and burn through all your guys too fast if you're trying to get some timing of some effect and distances right. So just be conscious of that. Aha, uh-huh, interesting. Okay. If you like if you're counting on a pile in to get models moved out of the way or something like that, um you just got to watch your timing and pick your fights and make sure that you're going to actually get some use out of them. So ideally what you're going to do is charge one enemy unit with two of yours and just try to obliterate it as opposed to getting these long protracted fights where you're going to burn through all your stuff and then you're just going to get hammered back. So. Yeah, well, because it's a low model count army mostly, isn't it? I mean, unless you're just going with a ton of spears. Unless you're going with a ton of spears or a ton of archers, um, the biggest thing is you're going to burn through your stuff fast. Okay. And I have this problem when I play my deepkin and it's high tide. Because I'll strike with my entire army, and if I don't get the job done, I then run into problems. Right, so, okay. Just because you have this rule doesn't mean you have to exploit it all the time. You can pick two eligible units. You don't have to. Correct. Interesting. All right. Um, absorb Despair. I like this one, too. Okay. And this is... This goes back to that whole thing that Harris and I were talking about in the lore with this idea of as your ether quartz burns through its power, it absorbs your emotions. Uh, you become more emotionless over time, I suppose. But then you've got all this this emotional uh, power that rolls through it. So uh, if a friendly uses an ether quart reserve while wholly within 18 inches of a friendly cathalar, uh, you can pick one of them within 18 inches of the unit. And say they'll absorb the negative energy. Okay, and you can only do that once per phase. If you absorb the negative energy, don't minus one from the bravery characteristic. Instead, pick an enemy unit within 18 inches. Subtract one from the bravery characteristic of that enemy unit for the rest of the battle. The same unit. So basically, using the ether quartz, you, you lose a bravery for the rest of the game. Um, if you've got this guy near you and an enemy near you, he can just be like, nah, they'll... They'll take the negative vibes. They'll go down a bravery, um, which goes well with some of the other abilities that come up later, um, like with the Cathalars. Yeah. yeah, dude, it's such. I love the Cathalars. Just the whole concept behind them is fantastic. But I like that because as we get to the Ether Quartz thing, um, you know, elves, you know, for all of their stoicism and all of their awesomeness in, in battle, not a really high bravery army. And uh, no, no, not at all. And to be able to uh, the ether quartz, 
makes that even worse to have this model here who can be like, you know what, I'm going to transfer it over to them. That's super helpful. And uh, lore, once again, the game playing to the army's lore is, I'm going to say that a hundred times this episode because it, it, and it's one of my favorite, it's what, when I read this, it's what made me really like this army. So, um, you want to take the Ether Quartz Reserve because you could probably explain all this better than I can. Okay, sure. So, each unit in a Realm Lords army starts with one Ether Quartz Reserve. Um, and then once per phase, you can say that one unit, so it's one unit per phase, will burn its reserve to get an additional ability. If you use it, you would then subtract one from the unit's bravery, except the Cathalars will bounce it around. Nice. Um, so, the first of which is Heightened Reflexes, which is you can use this uh, when the unit is picked to be the target of an enemy attack, and you add one to the save rolls until the end of that phase. So, that's really good, because it doesn't negate you being in cover. So, if you're already at like a five up, plus cover, four up, plus this is three up, and then... If you have Mystic Shield or something on, then you're three up rerolling ones. So you can make a unit very tanky right there. Nice. Um, heightened Senses. So you can use this when a unit is picked to shoot or fight. And if you do so, you add one to the hit rolls made by that unit until the end of the phase, which is pretty nice considering accuracy is not necessarily a problem with Lumineth. <laughs> nope. um, but it, every little bit helps. Um, magical Boost. So you can use this after it is attempted to cast a spell, but before any unbinding rolls are made. And if you do so, you can either add one to the roll or re-roll it. So it's like if you don't successfully cast the spell, you can pop the Aether Quartz to try to get it. Yeah. Um, that Or just do the little one to like try to nudge it over the top or make it even that much harder to unbind. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is Magical Insight. So you can use this at the start of your hero phase. And if you do so, the unit can attempt to cast an additional spell. So this one is you have to call your shot before, whereas the rest are in that phase. So uh, this is kind of like how the Caradron Overlords have their share of Ether Gold, except... There's no minimum size for the units to have a piece of gold or a piece of uh, ether quartz. Because with the Caradrons, you have to be a certain uh, size unit in order to get it. Right. Um, quick question about the magical boost. Mm -hmm. Every unit gets an ether quartz reserve. So that includes Teclas. He cannot use the magical boost, though, because it adds one to your roll and he doesn't roll. Am I correct in my assumption? He doesn't roll. He just, it says, do not roll the dice. And this says you add one to your casting roll. So if in the FAQ, it says that if he chooses to cast one spell, it's cast at a 12 and cannot be unbound. Right. And it cannot be modified. Oh, does it say it cannot be modified? Yes. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, that must be in the FAQ. I didn't look. I, yeah, I don't have that. No, in front no, it's of me. in his rules. Okay. Oh, that no, not the, well. The first one is just automatically cast cannot be unbound. The other two says cannot be modified. So if he just does yeah, one, in the it FAQ, doesn't matter. it's 
cannot be modified. Oh, okay. So they added that in the FAQ. Oh, so it can't well, be modified anyway. You to modify so. it because he's going to, it's going off. Right. Okay. That's what I was checking. And I didn't, I mean, look at me. I'm trying to be, oh, look, I understand how to play this game. I didn't see that it said it can't be modified anyway. So it can't be modified. So it doesn't do it, but it doesn't. If it didn't say that, I would assume you still couldn't use this because he didn't roll. But that's yeah. You know, he's not going to use the ether quartz for um, casting spells. He's just not. Can he? Because he can't he modify use, it. Can he use magical insight to cast an extra spell? Yeah. I and, don't know. And if um, so, does he have to roll? Mainly because I don't know if he has enough spells. Um, because he's gonna get. Oh no, he can get five spells. Um. Yeah, I suppose he. It just the issue is. Under actually, we'll get, we'll get to that when we get to tech list. Okay, yeah, let's skip it. Then we can come back to it. I'm just, I and I'm not trying to power game it here. I'm just asking what he can and can't use. So, <laughs> all right. And so that's, oh, and then the magical insight, you can cast, the unit can cast an extra spell in the face. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are their abilities. Almost all about casting spells or else throwing about um, the the bravery limit. So I thought that was cool. Um, there's all this, now this is, Okay. Everybody's got different battle traits and command traits and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Shall we go through this? Sure. All right. So, Venari, and which are the Venari? Those are the spears, the bows, right. the dawn riders, okay, and I'm the cathalars. I'm not used to every all the all the elvish names yet. So, it's okay. They have a battle trait. And um, it's called Shining Company. This gets, I, I get a little confused about exactly how this works. And then I looked at the FAQ and I still got confused. Um, and I understand it, but then there's different points. Like, can you move back into it when, if you get out of it? And I, I think that was a no. So I'm just, okay. Um, after you set up the unit, if the base of each model in the unit is touching the bases of two or more other models from the same unit, that unit becomes a Shining Company. So you can't just string them out in one long line. They got to sort of... Double, they got you got to double row it. Um, that unit remains a shining company until after finishing a move, the base of each model in the unit is no longer touching the bases of two or more other models in the same unit, or until after removing slain models, the bases of it. So, it's, 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 they got to be touching at least two other models. Once they're not, this is over. When it's happening, minus one to hit rolls from attacks that target the company. But then they can't run or charge, and they can only move an inch when they pile in because they're all sticking real – they're in a tight formation. So you can start not in a Shining Company, it would seem, because you can't charge if you're Shining Company. So mm-hmm. I, I, I move forward, then I charge, and when I finish my charge, I have them all in position, and then they're Shining Company. And then once that's in, then I can still only pile in an inch. That's how that works, right? Am I, am I clear on this? So, the part of the issue is it says that when it's set up, it becomes a shining company. And it stays a shining company until after finishing a move. Um, 
So as soon as you decide, essentially how this works is you have to break out of Shining Company in order to run. Okay. Or charge. Or charge. Okay. So you're not the Shining Company when you're actually in battle. You can't be. Yes, you can. You can. So I start if that you way. you get charged. Oh, okay. So, so I'd have to let them come at me. So it's, it's you also have a three inch spear, so it kind of well, plays to it. Come at me, bro. But, uh, huh. So if I move forward, if I decide, yeah, you have to be it when you set up. And so, and if once you're out of it, you're out of it. There's no getting back. And that's what, that's what the FAQ was talking about. Once you leave, you can't get back in. So this wasn't as absolutely super cool as me and Harrison thought when we were reading it, because I totally misunderstood that. It is cool. It is. You just have to play to it um, and understand you're going to have limitations therein. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um, that's why you have units like the Dawn Riders when we get to them that can be your spring forward units. So they can let the slower infantry keep up. Okay. Cool. Um. All right. Now we've got different command traits and battle traits for all these. Should we just? Oh my goodness. Well, so, we got to finish with. So that's the Venari. So that's just the infantry, spears, bows, and dawn riders, the horses. Right. So they've got a special rule just for them. Yeah. The Cathalars. Um. If they are your general, they can take a command trait. Um, and it's regardless of what else is in your army, unless you're, you take a special character that has to be your general or whatever. Okay. Um, I mean, these are pretty basic. Um, it's like extra command points on a four plus is always a plus. Um, extra spells from the Laura Hish. Great. And then reroll a failed casting roll for that general. So, the only issue is you only get one spell attempt with a Kethalar unless you burn the Ether Gold or Ether Quartz. Ether Gold? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? There are some bearded folk who would take issue with you saying same thing. I'm just, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Well, it's better, though. Uh, well, okay. The Aether Quartz is better. I know. I'm. Uh, I know. I get it. I love dwarves. Don't don't get me wrong. Or Dwarden, whatever. I Dwarden. get. It. I love them. Um. And then the artifact. Okay, so then the artifact you can uh, cast an extra spell. Uh, add That's three. Worth it. Add three to the attack characteristics of a weapon, but the Cathalars are not fighters, right? Uh, the Cathalar has. One attack, fours by twos, rend nothing, D3 damage. So she can hit pretty hard if she wants to. Um, but she's but got five wounds with a five-up save. I don't want her fighting, right? Probably not. Right. Um, and then if a hero is killed within 12 inches on a six, they're, they're okay. Nah, no, it's, yeah, okay. Are you going to have a Cathalar general? If you want to min-max it, oh, yeah. Really? All right, mm -hmm. cool. We'll get back to that then. Um, 
Now, if you're an Alarith, which is basically... It's the Moo Cows with the hammers. Right. So their battle traits, um, enduring is rock. After you set them up before the round, you can, uh, at, and at the start of any of your hero phases, you can pick any number of friendly Alarith units and say they're, going, they're adopting the mountain stance. If you do that till your next hero phase, if the weapon used for an attack that targets them has rend of one, it, okay, basically, if you got rend one, they can make it rend zero if you take the mountain f- stance. Um, wouldn't you kind of always do that? Yeah. Yeah, you just, but you have to say it. That's the rule. It says you got to assign it to them, but all right, so you got to, hey, mountain stance. Which is nice because, A, if you don't say it, you get screwed. But, B, if you say it, at least you're reminding your opponent. By the way, Mountain Stance, you have no rend. Or not, if you have one rend, you have no rend. Uh, and then Tectonic Force, at the end of each combat phase, pick a enemy unit within one inch of a friendly Alarith unit. You can't pick it more than once in the same phase. After you pick each unit, the opponent must move that unit two inches, and it must finish more than one inches from any Alarith units from your army if it's possible. Once those units have been forced to move, any Alarith units that are within three inches of any enemy units can make a one-inch pile-in move. So if you're within an inch, you have to move two inches and be more than an inch. But then if you're still within, if you have any friendly Alarith within three, they can pile in one. Oh, so they're just pushing them back. Yes. Okay, it's not like they're fighting anymore. It's like you got to back up. And get away from me, and I get to move in forward a bit. Tectonic force. Oh, like tectonic plates. They're just shifting. They're shifting the battle. <laughs> yeah, I so this it. allows you to literally push the enemy off of objectives. Nice. Oh. Nice. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, it's not I find a it bit- very moving. Oh, Dear Lord. Okay, I'm giving you props for that. You're coming in. You know what? The show has not been nearly as punny without you. I'm just saying that right now. Um, Not that it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. You just got to milk it sometimes. Um. (sighs) Okay, why don't we go over the command traits and the artifacts really quick and then get moving along to uh, some of these spells before we're going to have to take a break because we got four nations and then I want to just kind of cover what these things can do. Yeah, you got to get to the cheese. Um, so, command traits. Uh, big one that stands out to me is you get to add plus three wounds to the general. Um, now, this is only an Alarith stone mage um, because the spirits of the mountain are not heroes, and the Stoneheart King cannot take a command trait. So, this is only the stone mage that could get it. Um, so he could get an extra spell or the other big one is majestic. Um, and if I was doing this, this would probably be the one I would go for. Um, you add one to the bravery characteristic of realm Lords units, uh, while they're holier than 12 of him and then subtract one from the bravery characteristic of enemy units while they're within 18 of him and not wholly within. We just have to be holy within. within they don't, they got to just be within 18. That's, yeah, I so like that one because like the, that is very nice, especially if you combine it with the Cathalers, um ability that we'll talk about later. Yeah, because the Stone Mage. I mean, granted, giving him eight wounds at a he's got a five up save, three wounds. Yeah, he's still squished. Yeah, he's still gonna. Yeah, 
He's got a five-up save. Um, three wounds ain't going to do much, but it, you're going to try to surround him and keep him out of harm. But then him giving the bonus to everything around him is really nice. Mm-hmm. Like it. Lords of Stone. All right. Uh, artifacts of power. Uh, a five-up uh, ward save against wounds and mortals. Um, every time you're affected on a spell, you can you can choose to roll, and on a four-up, ignore the spell. Um, if you're a wizard, add one to the number of mortal wounds inflicted by arcane bolts. So, um, I don't know. I kind of like the five up ward save. I always like the five up ward save. Um, although the, depending on who you're playing, the endless spell negating the effects on, uh, on a four up could be really good. Yeah. But I like. He only do one spell attempt per turn. Yeah, he only gets one per turn. Yeah, because if he could like spam out the arcane bolts, that'd actually be pretty good. But he can't. No. Yeah, so it's the Hearthstone amulet's the one I'm looking at. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I like that tectonic force. I didn't even realize that. That's pretty good. And then the Mm bravery. A lot of bravery shifts in this army. And that's been something that's not really been a mechanic for a lot of armies. Um, like Nighthawn have had or have the bonus where if you're near them, you're minus one to your bravery. Uh, some of the death stuff has that effect, but there's not been a, like a lot of armies that actively play on bravery. I thought a few had some bravery bombs. I'd hear people talking about that. Yeah, like bravery bombs. So that's like a specific build. Mm-hmm. This is an army that plays around bravery. Like inherently. Interesting. I kind of like it. You kind of go, they go in, they're kind of haughty. They get little bonuses. You start to get worried around them. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Um, do you want to cover the spell lores and then take a break? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, all right. L- okay. So every wizard knows one of these on top of whatever else he knows, and Teclis knows all of them. Now, all the units... If there's enough models in the units, they're wizards, right? The unit champion is, yes. The unit champion is. So as long as the unit champion's alive and you've got that, okay. So each unit knows a spell, right? Mm-hmm. Each <sighs> Venari unit. And then in the FAQ, they did remove the Light of Eltharion from getting a spell from the Lore of Hish. Right. So just to kind of I did see that. that. Yeah, you got to line him out there. Um. All right, let's run through them really quick. Um, and they're all... They're, okay, nothing here is that hard to cast either. No, there's a couple eights. Not them still. With all there's the other three th- eights in here. Out of, oh, there is three eights. Uh, I know what, I just keep... Uh, I guess I'm used to playing with Nagash. All right, uh, Speed of Hish. Cast on a five. Pick a Realm Lord unit with an 18. Double their move characteristic till the hero phase. Works for me. Five, and they're moving fast. What do we got next, Alex? Uh, after that, it's Solar Flare. So you have a cast value eight. If it goes off, you pick a point on the battlefield within ten of the caster, invisible to them. If there is an endless spell at that point, it is dispelled. And if there is a unit at that point, roll a number of dice equal to the number of models in that unit. For each six plus, that unit suffers one mortal wound. In addition, 
until your next hero phase subtract two from casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for wizards within 12 inches of that point. Okay, well, that includes the guy who just cast it, doesn't it? Not necessarily. Oh, because you can use the mirrors. Ding! Ah, see, the mirrors. I hate the mirrors. Yes. They break things, but... I just love all the cool light spells that are happening here. So he's just coming down a solar flare and then stuff's going eight, but it's still, I mean, getting to dispel an extra endless spell, or if you fail to try to dispel it in your hero phase, you know, in the beginning of the hero phase, getting this extra attempt, it could be super helpful. Yeah. Um, Especially if it's something like soul, soul, snare, shackles. (laughs) <laughs> or the warp lightning vortex, uh-huh. like the stuff that messes with your movement that you can just auto bust it. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, and lambent light on a five, pick an enemy unit, and you can reroll hit rolls for attacks with missile weapons against them. So just on yeah, a, yeah, that's not bad either. Another quick five pointer where you're just getting to reroll hit rolls. That is like full on naughty bits right there. Yeah. I mean, if you're going with a with an archer heavy army, that's yeah pretty dumb, isn't it? Like I was looking at that, going, "That's for five. That's really good." It's archer heavy. Add the mirrors. Like the mirrors, we're gonna come keep coming back to because the mirrors do so much for this army. Because these guys have the ability to strike out. Now, so if the mirrors it, add to that, if I okay, so I I take the just and this is probably an obvious question, but I I, I rarely take endless spells because it just that stuff just irritates me. Don't ask why. I'm just not a good player. Um, if I buy the mirrors, any wizard can cast it, right? Like, yes. I don't have to assign it to somebody. Correct. So I've got a set of mirrors. Anyone I need to, to do it can. Oh, yeah. So no matter who's. Ca- and every unit's got a spell. Mm-hmm. Now. Can. Now, let's say. OK, so I got seven units on the board. Teclas knows all of these. The other six units, do I have to pick different spells or can everyone just be like pick Ethereal Blessing or can everyone just pick the Lambent Light? Because you can only you can cast it whatever once. spell. You can only just cast it once. Right. So you can do it. But then, yeah. OK. So if you were if you were being silly and just being like, OK, um, they're all going to cast pick it. So whoever needs it can cast it because I don't worry about these other things. Like if you were being really focused, I mean, I know that's not good gameplay, but you, it's legal. I just yeah, want to make sure. The yeah. Other thing you have to consider is that um, a lot of all of these units have their own spell, right? And they can only cast one spell. So, right. You want to get that five up? I know about the five up. Yeah. So I was just, I'm just, I'm just putting down ideas in my head of different weird things I can do because I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to take uh, the next one? Uh, Ethereal blessing. So, cast value six. If it goes off, you pick a friendly Realm Lords unit holier than 18 that they can see. And until your next year phase, they become ethereal. It's such a blessing. Nice. Well, be- yeah, it's an- yeah, I like it. Um, you know, that's 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 always good. Especially yeah. since we got rid of the ethereal others, the thing in the that got rid of right in the new the General's Handbook. The ethereal amulet. Right. 
Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Wah, wah. Hate that thing. Uh, Total Eclipse on an eight. You have to spend two command points. Your enemy has to spend two command points instead of one until your next hero phase. Yeah. Loving it. That is pretty awesome. (laughs) Yes, that is stupid good. Especially Especially since it has no minimum distance. No. Or maximum distance. It's just the table. Yeah, well, because your opponent has to spend the... Com- yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter who's cast, who's using it or what's happening. Two command points. Because you could actually sp- spend multiple command points. You could have that as part of your big plan. And the next, he's going to do this, he's going to do that, he's going to do that, right? I mean, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly it doubles. Oh, that's really... I like that. And uh, what about the protection of Hish? All right. Um... System has a cast value 8. If it goes off until your next hero phase, um, roll a die. Every time you put a wound on a friendly unit, wholly within 9, none of 5 up, it's negated. And this spell cannot be cast in the same hero phase as Protection of Teclas, which is one of Teclas's signature spells. Oh, you can't even cast it, not just on the same unit. You can't, if Teclas casts his, you can't cast this. Um, Correct. Oh, basically, well, Teclas's spell is basically the same spell, but double the range. Correct. So what this is allowing, it's preventing you from doing the double bubble, which you can't do anymore anyway. But it's just preventing you from having one bubble around Teclas and then one bubble around somebody else. Oh, so you can't be like halfway across the board where they wouldn't even overlap. You just can't do it. Got you. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, that because that covers suddenly a lot of ground. I mean, well, it, he's got 18, an eighteen-inch range, so he's has a thirty-six-inch diameter. You got three feet mm-hmm. across, so you could do that, and then cast his eighteen inches, and then suddenly you're at four and a half. You're almost all of the you got most of the board covered. Yeah, or at least the stuff that you'll be at. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So it's just to prevent two bubbles, um, and then obviously you can't do like the. Double bubble, Stop so like the you can't do universe. the protection and then the techless protection to get the two five up saves. It's not a thing anymore. But this is just like no, just hard no. Right. Okay. Good. 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 And I think I'm fairly certain that I understand how that works. The um, because I was reading that in the general's handbook. We haven't talked about the general's handbook. Um. But the whole new rules for how you roll the saves. But that's neither here nor there. We don't have to talk about that right now. I just know that you don't get like 50 saves now, which in my opinion is a good thing. Yes. Okay. Um, Now, if you're not, uh, if you're you're an Alarith wizard, which basically that's, Alarith wizard is just the. uh, It's just the stone mage. So, and, but Teclas knows all of these too. And the stone Mm -hmm. mage. All right. Um, geez, there's so many spells. Uh, God, Teclas knows a lot. Oh, he's Teclas. He only knows like 12 from this, 4 on his scroll, plus the rum spell. So 17 spells plus endless spells. <laughs> only. And then doesn't he know like all the spells of all the bros on his side of the table? I don't know. I don't think so. He might. I mean, who knows? He knows so much. 
No, he doesn't. It's okay, I thought he was like in a gash for a second. Oh no, he does. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't remember reading that because I would have been like, "Oh, that's exciting." Um, okay, so if you're a stone mage, you can cast Unyielding Calm on a four. Pick a friendly Realm Lord unit with an 18. They don't take Battle Shock test until your next hero phase. Nice and simple. Low point value works well. Mm-hmm. Uh, crippling Vertigo cast all you six. If it goes off, you pick an enemy unit with an 18 that the caster can see. And until your next hero phase, roll 2d6 before that unit makes a normal move, a charge move, or a pile-in. And if the roll is greater than that unit's bravery, it cannot make that move. This is really good, right? It is very good. That's Okay. So, and it's their move character. It's not what's printed on their sheet, right? If I've lowered their, if I've lowered their bravery through either the the ether ca- quartz the or Cathar whatever or whatever, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So I got this- uh, I'm within a range of this guy. So you're you're already down uh, uh one, and then they get the Cathalar, didn't you down two? And now anytime you try to move, I'm rolling 2d6, and as long as I roll more than a 4 or 5 or whatever, depending on the unit, I mean, heck, even, you know, I mean, yeah, hordes and stuff are going to negate that, but this could be really good. No, no, they're not. The hordes only get plus one bravery for every 10 models in the unit in the battle shock phase. Oh, okay. So if you're looking at units like, I don't know, Moon Clan Grotz, um, you have a whopping bravery of four, right? But even those, even those guys who have entire armies with tens, yeah. If you have armies with tens, it's is going to be hard to negatively influence. But you but, got between the a couple of bravery bomb thing type things you could do on them, the couple of things around it, you could. And I'm not saying that's a strategy to use because it's a lot of work just to stop them from moving. But it yeah, least- but if it's a Death Star that you lock down, um, that can be serious, uh, serious business. Yeah, and like the horror guest uh, from the um, Forbidden Power. Yeah. Oh, the floating the gash head, the minus two or three bravery spell. Right. Yeah, that uh, that suddenly becomes a thing. <laughs> Okay, I see. I see where this is going. I like this. I'm good with this. Uh, Voice of the Mountain, cast on a six until the end of the turn. Subtract two from the bravery of enemy units, and then until your next hero phase, subtract one from the bravery characteristic. Wait. Oh, okay. So until the end of the turn, they're minus two. Until my next hero phase, then they're just minus one. So you could. Oh. You can really start. This is a reason to give that guy an extra spell from that other part, too. Or this is a reason to take Teclas. Well, okay. There's always a reason to take Teclas. And put him in the trash. But Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, no. So. Okay. okay. Uh, living Fisher. Oh, um, man. I felt that after I was after Taco Tuesday. Yeah, this one's pretty bad. Okay. Uh, cast value six, pick a point on the battlefield within nine of the caster that they can see and do the imaginary straight line, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, roll a die for each unit that has models passed across by the line. They're not two plus. It takes D3 mortal wounds. Boring. Yeah, but uh, effective. I mean, D3, you know, it, I don't know. It, 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 I like these things as finishing off spells. Like, I got them all down to, like, the last one or two wounds. And then and you, you just want to pile it on. Well, I mean, I got you. I, if, I, I can tell you stories about how many games of, you know, Warhammer you'd, I'd lost back when you're counting up points and not objectives on units you killed. And I sat there shooting, throwing, doing everything. And one stupid witch elf in a unit of 40 doesn't die. So I don't get the points. You know what I'm saying? Like, or there's one person there that you need to get to get that thing. So I, I don't see just i'm not saying you'd be using it a lot i'm just looking for a reason as, as and it says a i got almost every stinking wound off that unit and almost deleted it and now i mean heck in a tournament if you wind up tied on stuff you go to battle points you know no you don't or you don't nope you never oh, okay i of course that you changed don't. in the ghb oh right and i haven't read all of that yet because i'm reading the lore in these other books because that's what i like lore i don't know how to play this game uh you want to take into tomb or oh i was yeah this one's mine in tomb uh seven to cast pick a enemy model with an 18 roll a die if it's greater than their wound characteristic they're slain if the roll is six but is not greater than the wound characteristic they take d6 mortals so it's not their mm-hmm. current wounds, it's their characteristic. Yep. So this isn't actually, well, I mean, I don't know. It's a one in six shot to kill a lot of characters. Um, and because you have to do greater than, if it's a six wound character, you can't kill them unless you roll another six. Yeah, nah, see, this one's not so not so hot. Yes. Okay, good. See, I, I didn't think so, and I was right. I like being right, uh, at least sometimes. Um, all right, what's the Assault of Stone? The Asphalt of Stone. Um, cast value 8. If it goes off, pick an enemy unit wholly within 24 that they can see. Mm-hmm. And roll a number... Huh? I said uh-huh. And roll a number of dice equal to the casting roll. For each roll that is less than the unit's save characteristic that unit suffers one mortal wound. Rolls of one or two always fail to inflict a mortal wound, and if you have a save characteristic of dash, it counts as a six. So you want to roll... Wait. You want to roll under their save. So if they've got a save of six, you want to roll... Or nothing, you want to roll fives or less. But ones and twos don't do it. Ones and twos will always fail. Hmm. So if I got like a three up save, this you can't even use this on me. Correct. Okay, that's what I thought. This is your horde killer, um, or squishy characters. So like, if you do this and you roll that minimum eight on a enemy wizard who only has a five or six save, you might kill them. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. It's because it, you know. I, I cast it on an eight, or let's say I cast it on a nine. Let's get crazy with, you know, let's get a little funny here. So I cast on a nine, so I get nine dice. He's got a five up save, so I got to roll threes and fours as many as I can. You could get lucky with that. 
Yeah. Threes and fours, you'll do like three mortal wounds. Not bad. Yeah. I don't know. Something. Yeah, I still like that voice of the mountain coupled with the crippling vertigo. That's the one I like. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's all the magic. Um, we got four great nations coming up. Eumetrica, Sire. I think it's Sire. Is it Sire? Did I say that right? Sire. Sire. Iliatha and Zyrtec? Zyrtec. No. Zaytrek. Zyrtec. That's medicine for your tummy. I th- or mm-hmm. is that for your eyeballs? I don't remember. I don't take it. Uh, Zaytrek. <laughs> So we got four great nations. Um, We'll talk about those, I guess, when we come back. Just uh, a quick overview. Alex, you can explain why they're good or bad or otherwise, and then we'll get to these units because there's only 10, and I don't want to go through every stinking little bit of rule, but I do want to talk about some of the cool stuff. So, Sure. Why don't we take a break and come back with the four great nations? Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons & Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section, and you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols, and if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either, but you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because if the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff, and you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we're back. Here we are. Talking uh, Great Nations. Um... Each of these nations, obviously, you can read all this. You know, it, they've all got their own style, their own thing, the way they come from. Um, Dimetrica is the most mountainous, and they're very stoic and unflinching. And this is the one, if you're going to take the big bull god. Um, he, the Stone Art King, yeah. Yeah, he's he's from here. And, uh, okay, what is the... Uh, no, I don't even know what that rule is. Oh, his battle trait changes. Okay, so the battle trait changes. Oh, okay, so if you're from Eumetrica, um, how you can ignore uh, Rend 1. By doing the mountain stance stance? Yeah, now you can ignore up to Rend 2. That's 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 good. That is really good. That's ridiculous. Okay. Um, what else can they do? But it has to be an Alarith unit, so that has to be a hammer unit. Yeah, but if so you're coming... This isn't the Venari that get it either, too. No, but if you're coming... If you're playing, uh, going heavy with, uh, from the great nation of Eumetrica, you're, you're 
probably minimizing that stuff and just going with as much of these guys as you can, right? As much of the Alarith, maybe. Yeah, get an Alarith, get a Stone Mage, get a bunch of these uh, Hammer dudes. Walk in there, you're in, you're unassailable. It's pretty cool. That's what I'm thinking because uh, I don't know nothing. <laughs> just, actually, that's not true. I know a lot. I just don't know if this will work because I haven't played it, and I'm just guessing from what I read. Um, what else? Uh, command ability. And if you force them to use, if you move them with tectonic force, and they're that's whole- the thing where you push the units back. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no. So if I if I get tectonic force off on somebody, and it's the first time that and they're within eighteen inches of Eumetric uh, a hero, I can do it again mm-hmm. by picking a different enemy unit within an inch. So I can oh, so I can move forward and then I can slide them again. Okay, slide two different units. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So you're just you're you're moving more stuff around. And then uh, they have to have this command trait. When the general fights, instead of piling in and attacking, they can do one almighty blow, pick an enemy unit within an inch. On a two-up, they take D3 mortal wounds. That seems lame. Is it? Because um, if you're taking an Alarith stone mage, uh-huh. he doesn't do a lot of damage. Oh, is he but... going to be your general? Not the oh, the... oh, they're not heroes. Except, Well, isn't the big dude a hero? What's his name? He's... The Stoneheart King, yeah, yeah, but he's a named, he's a unique character. He can't take this. Oh, he's unique. Oh, that's right. So he can't do it anyway, even though it's a commander. Okay. The only two non-unique uh, heroes in this whole book are the Cathalars and the Stone Mages. Right, right, right. So they have to take the command trait, but he can't take a command trait. So it just goes on the Stone Mage. Okay, if it's on the Stone Mage, that's not bad. But if your Stone Mage is the general, right. If he's not, then you don't have to worry about this because then... Exactly. Okay. And then the artifact of power you have to take, pick a melee weapons. Once per phase, you can add one to the damage inflicted by one attack made by that weapon. In addition, roll a die each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bear. On a six-up, it's negated. On addition, when you're affected by spells, on a five-up, you can negate it. Wow. There's a lot of stuff it does. Not with a high frequency, but a lot of stuff it does. Mm-hmm. Is that good? It's okay. Um, the only the only issue, like we just talked about, is this is something you're going to want to use primarily for combat with non-combat characters. Right. Okay. So flaws It is nice bonuses. to put that extra protection on your general, or on your particular character. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, that's always a good thing, but... I just feel like you're missing a part of it with the characters that you have to put it on. Okay. Hey, you know what? For the sake of everybody's sanity, can uh, okay, we got three more great nations. You know how these things work. Can you generalize and ballpark this instead of us going through every single rule? Oh. Okay, or can you sure. not? I can try. Okay. Um, so for Sayer... All of your units in the Sayer Great Nation get two Aether Quartz Reserves instead of one. Okay. So that's everybody gets to do those things. Um, There's a command ability where when you use it, um, you can use another one for the same benefit. Okay. Or 
uh, a different ability. So like you can do the add one to hit rolls twice. Oh boy. So if you're fighting against something that has uh, a significant minus to be hit, you suddenly look at it and it's like, well, that's cute. <laughs> okay. Um, I can see you. So the only thing is if you do that, you're still going to get the minus one, even with one Cathalar nearby, because only one Cathalar can absorb the negative energy. So you just got to watch that placing. Uh, um, let's see. The command trait is just for the general to pick an enemy hero to like poke and prod and make them do bad things. But again, this is a wizard. It's getting into combat. Right. The only thing is that it prevents that hero from targeting anybody else. And it's an enemy hero within six inches. If you've got him buffered with your own units where he can't reach him. Yeah. You use it on him and he's trying to get to him and he's not fighting anybody else. Right. And then all of your stuff gets minus one to hit him. Or gets plus one to hit that enemy hero. So. And this is in the combat phases. It's not like you can just shoot him to death like this. So. It's pretty powerful. But you're getting your character in really close. So just something to be cognizant of. Um, Yeah. And then the sword that comes with it is that. A three plus always hits a three plus always wounds and a save roll of three or less always fails. Oh, okay. But again, what is this going on? A wizard. Um, let's see. Elithia or whatever it is. Um, this is the matriarchs. So you get to add two to the bravery characteristic for the Venari and the Elementari units. And I believe the Elementari is only the cows. Right. I think. I think so. I'll check. But the, the Iliatha. Okay. I'm going to look yeah. for this. Um, oh, no. It's the Stone Guard and the Stone Mage, too. Oh, okay. The Elementari. So it's plus two bravery to like almost their entire army. So pretty, a stone mage becomes a 10, stone guard become 9, and the big boys become 12s. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Okay. So the aether quartz doesn't really hurt them as much. Oh, true. Um, let's see. Um, so... Rerolling hit rolls for the command ability of 1 for the command ability. The first time you're slain with the artifact, you uh, you on a four up, you're not you get back up. You get back up. Eh. Okay. And then the command ability um, is weird. So it's after a Venari unit uses a command ability, you can pick one other friendly Venari unit within three, and if you do so, that other unit can also use that command ability without spending any command points. You can only do it once per phase. So this is if you want to be like close together, you get some bonuses. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Is this, is that, I mean, I guess it's okay. I mean, the the plus two bravery is really good, but the rest of it just seems okay. 
Well, I mean, no, because if you keep these guys near each other, because you're keeping them protected, the extra getting to do with the extra commands could be pretty good, couldn't it? Yeah, especially if you're not going to be burning through command points like that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't do this one mainly because I don't like the color scheme. Um, but also, I don't know. Okay. I don't have a lot of practical experience with this army. Full disclosure. Uh, okay. Uh, so the great nation of Zytrek, um, you get to add one to the first cast, dispel, or unbind roll you make for each Zytrek wizard in the hero phase. And in addition, they know an additional spell from their appropriate spell lore. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. Oh, this is where this is where Teclas hangs out. This is the this is the the magical realm. That's right. He likes this place. Yes. So it's the first uh, cast or dispel or unbind that they do. <sighs> for each Zytrek wizard, which includes all the, the units. units. Um and then the wizards get in, the wizard heroes get an additional spell. So that's your Cathalars and Stone Mages. Um a Zytrek wizard general is the one that gets this command trait um, that they can unbind one extra spell. And the second time that they attempt to unbind an enemy sp- a spell in the same enemy hero phase, you get to reroll it. So the first time you don't get nothing except you get the plus one for Lambent Mystics, and then you get to reroll the second one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, neat. Uh, the first hero gets the gift of Kalinar, which is roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bearer and add two if Teclis is on the field and part of your army. And on a six, you negate that wound. If so you're playing a- Zytrek, oh. chances are you are probably going to take Teclis. Um, Teclis. And so then. The the first hero that you give an artifact to has a four up ward against wounds, wounds and mortals. mortals. Oh, okay. And then you get an extra spell. Yeah, and this one's pretty nuts. Um, overwhelming heat cast value seven. Pick an enemy unit wholly within twenty four. Half the movement characteristic of that unit until your next hero phase. Then roll a die. If the roll is equal to or greater than that unit's save. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds as you get cooked in your armor. If if you're going to play with Teclis, this is the best thing to take, isn't it? And if you're not going to play with Teclis, this is still, well, why wouldn't you if you're going to play this? But this is a really, this is good, isn't it? Uh, it's really good, especially if you do the Laura Mountains combo, so like the Crippling Vertigo, um, to negate their move if they roll poorly. Oh, yeah. Because now you got all sorts of extra spells, so you can have plenty of people to get you. Well, it's it's they roll poorly on the bravery, but even if they pass the bravery to do stuff, you then half, of, half it. So you just completely lock down a unit. They just really can't do anything. Oh, that's really, yeah, that's cool. I like that one. That was the one that I liked the most. And then uh, you know, when I went kind of skim through them, but then it's like, oh, yeah, that actually is really good. So do we want to talk about the the four battalions before we talk about the units, or do we want to talk about the units? Let's do the battalions. Okay. Because 
pretty easy. Um, we're not talking about the Vanguard, are we? Because you're never going to play that, or do we want to, you know... You could. It's a six-up um, ward against all wounds, wounds and mortal wounds. Well, they're holy within their own territory. Mm. Um, and it's... Was it minimum four battalions plus the Vanguard plus Teclas and maybe Eltharian? Yeah, that's yeah. too much. No. All right. Uh, so there's three others. Uh, the first of which is an Alarith Temple. So this is you have to take a Spirit of the Mountain or a Stoneheart King, uh, a Stone Mage, and then one to three units of Stone Guard. So it's actually a pretty small battalion if you wanted to max it. Um. And he gets the skin to stone. So at the start of the combat phase, any friendly stone guard units from this battalion that are wholly within 12 of a hero from the same battalion can turn their skin to stone, um, which means you get to reroll save rolls for attacks to target a unit. Um, but then they can only move one inch when they pile in. But you could com- you can couple this with if you actually took them from that realm where Rend 2 doesn't do anything to them. And the yes, re-rolling they, save Umetrica rolls. and Alarith Temple is, like, they're not going anywhere. They're, fen- they're essentially ghosts at that point. That's Just yeah. slow ghosts. I'll take it. They're just marching forward. Tectonic shifts, slamming people with hammers. It's like playing dwarf elves. But those are some bad hats, Harry. Oh, yeah. All right, um... The Orlin Legion, one Cathalar and two to four units of Sentinels and an equal number of Wardens. Oh, so this could, could this could this be up to eight units? Eight and the Cathalar, yeah. Okay, so you're but taking spears and spears and bows, right? And it is just spears and bows. Okay, but this is where you can have. This is where you could literally have an army. Uh, you can have a high model count army uh, as re- a one drop. Yep, reroll ones, save rolls of ones for attacks that target them while they're wholly within three inches of any. Oh, while no, not wholly. While it's within three inches of any. So as long as they're within three inches of each other, they're rerolling save rolls of one. Yes, that's actually not bad. Until you max it out where, because how the Sentinel to Warden equivalent works is you can take a unit of Wardens or Dawn Riders for every unit of Sentinels you have on the, in your list. So, but it doesn't specify unit size. So you could do four units of 10 Sentinels and then do four units of 30 Wardens. Uh-huh. So this is your min-max if you want to do it. Because then you get a hundred and however many archers into a one-drop. Well, I mean, you could take those units. It just, I mean, the only thing, it, it's not like you can't take all those archers without taking the wardens. It's just then they become battle line. Yeah, but you still need battle line units. Well, right, but I mean, the wardens are the battle line units. You got to take at least two of them, right? And then those other two become battle line. So you can minimize... I'm just saying, you you could do whatever size you want, like you said. But 
unless you're playing a much bigger game than 2,000 points, this battalion with just two Sentinels and two Wardens is covered all your battle line. Right? I know. I'm, I'm certain I'm right about this. No, you have to take a minimum of three units. Three battle line wardens. units. Yeah. You have to take a minimum of three battle line units in a 2,000 point game. Correct. For each and warden for each... unit, I can take a sentinel unit or a dawn rider unit as a battle line unit. Oh, there it is. Yep, you're right. right. So if I take two of each of those, that's four battle line units. That's the bonus here, is that they're all battle line because you have to take an equal number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but you like you said, I can't take just a few spears just to sort of, you know, kind of cover the... To, to lay down a, a line in front of them, and then I can max out. I see what you're saying. I would just want to make sure that, that they're literally all battle line. Right. Oh, that could be good. That could, I mean, there there's a way to play that, right? I'm looking at this going, there's got to be a good way to play. Yeah, you play this as a one drop. Yeah. And you make sure to get the speed of Hish on one lambent light through the mirrors. With your Cathalar. Would that max out your points? I mean, is that and you're just gonna it's have possible. You're gonna have one hero. Uh-huh. And then just all these guys, and that's your whole army. Yeah. Wouldn't that be difficult to play though? I mean, isn't that a, I mean you're playing isn't that a gambit? Like I'm just thinking, wow, you don't want any more like character models and stuff going on in this? Um so the big thing is um, if you can remove the other guy and prevent them from doing stuff, you can still win. You just have to keep your Cathalot alive. Right. I'm just more worried about like a lot of these like three places of power and things like that. Like you're screwed. Kill the other characters. Oh, yeah. The That's the, the thing is with the warden, with the Sentinels, they can do the lofted shot. So they don't have to have line of sight to shoot something. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I guess I'm just looking at it going, wow, that would be hard to pull off as a one. For me personally, I'm looking at it going, pulling that off as a one drop seems, I don't know, risky, I guess. I don't know. It can be, but if you're taking the other guy's army off in chunks. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get that. Okay. It's a very boring way to play it. Um, <laughs> and I can't imagine that it's a positive game experience to min-max it like that. You'll still see it. Oh, sure. I'm certain you will. Uh, and the last one, the Dawn Rider Lance. Two to three unit of Dawn Riders. Reroll ones for melee weapons when you charge. Okay. Well, it's not a bad way to get an extra uh, artifact and stuff like that, right? It, um I mean, plus one to hit on the attack when you charge. I'm assuming you're going to try to be charging. These guys move quick. Yeah. The only issue, again, is you need to take two units of... You need to take your minimum units battle line. Well, right. But this whole thing doesn't even have heroes. It's just these guys. But then they would count Mm -hmm. as battle line. You'd need to take at least two units Units of sentinels. Because two of those and then two of these would count as well. Yep. Okay. So they're, 
the bonuses. Or if you're from Neometrica, the Stone Wardens would count as battle line. So you could take all cows and some Dawn Riders if you're in Neometrica. Oh, because, yeah, okay, because the Stone Guard count. But you'd need three units of Stone Guard, but that's pretty cheap. Okay. Um, So the battalions, I mean, they all give a nice little perk. I guess it depends on how you want to play. But that could be cool. Yeah. Okay. So then we see lots of little bonuses. Mm -hmm. Um, Shall we get into the... uh, the list here. Let's get into some of these characters. Should we start with Teclas? No, we don't have to go through all of his. Like I said, once again, I don't want to go through every stat. I'm just so I, I know we do that, and I it, and we went through all the different rules. I'm just don't. I mean, unless there's a reason to mention every little thing, I don't want to mention every little thing. I'd rather talk about all the cool things he can do than about what the range of his lunar staff is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I got you. Um, so just make sure to pull up the war scrolls as we go through, cause we're not going to bother with it. <laughs> um, so idiots first. Um, all right, then you see. can go. Yeah. Thank you. Take it. That's my one. I know. Yeah. I told you you got one. I did tell you get one. So I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. Okay. Uh, so his big thing is Archmage. Um, so in the hero, at the start of your hero phase, you can say if he's going to cast one two or up to four spells um if he casts one spell then it is automatically treated as a 12 cannot be unbound cannot be modified great if he casts two they automatically count as being 12 um and cannot be modified but they can attempt to be unbound cool okay if he goes up to four spells um, each one of those is automatically considered a 10 um, that cannot be modified, and any wizards can attempt to unbind those spells. That's so good. So the first one doesn't even have a number. It just is cast, and you can't unbind no, it's it. 12. No, oh, is that in the is that in the FAQ? That's in the FAQ. Okay. And then two is also a 12, but you can attempt to unbind it. And then three to four, it's a 10. And mm-hmm. luckily, there's nothing in this book that does that. Protection of Teclas is a casting value of a 10. Um, doesn't even matter, though, because he automatically casts at a 10, even with his weakest spells. Yeah, same with uh, Storm of Searing Light. Right. Uh, oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to talk about those two spells real quick? Yeah, sure. Might Since as well. Since he's got all those other spells. Uh, protection of Teclas, we already talked about. That's the one... He's got an 18-inch bubble. If you're wholly within 18 inches of him, you get a five-up save against wounds and mortal wounds. That is so dumb. Yes. Okay. I mean, oh, so, I mean, yeah, they got a crummy save, but he's giving half the board also gets just a bonus save for everything. Wounds and mortal. So good. Well, you said it's dumb. So I guess it's appropriate considering the source. <laughs> um, and then his other one is Storm of Searing White Light. Um, this could have just been Storm of Searing Light. I don't I don't understand. Uh, if it goes off, you get to roll a die for each enemy unit within 18 of him that he can see. Uh, he's gigantic. 
Um, and if you're measuring from Teclis's brain noodle, uh, he's pretty high up there. Yeah. So chances are he's going to see everything. Um, on a one, nothing happens. On a two to four, they take D3 mortal wounds. And on a five up, the unit takes D6 mortal wounds. That's what he's doing, though, man. He's just sitting there throwing weaponized light at people. Yeah. This is definitely a word to your mom. I came to drop bombs. Yeah. But he doesn't have more bombs than the Bible's got Psalms. Look at you dropping it for us all right here. But he's not the prodigal son. He did return. Anyone yeah. stepping on him? Yep, burn. Never mind. Um, he goes to work like a doctor. When he's on the mic, you got to like the way he operates. He makes miracles happen just from rapping. Just yeah. throwing that out there. Since we're going to do this, let's do it. Um, yeah, okay, these spells on top of everything else. This is... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anybody within, uh, wholly within Selenar's aura gets to add one to cast to spell and unbind rolls. Um, so that's the other wizards in... His aura starts off at 16 inches and drops to four. So plus one to cast, dispel, and unbind. So that stupid spell that always uh, that everybody has that goes off on a six is actually going to be going off on a five. So crazy. You mean that stupid? Yeah, it's six goes to five. Yeah. Um, and then the discs. So in a dish in your hero phase, in addition to casting X many number of spells. The smile can automatically dispel one endless spell. And in the enemy hero phase, the smile can automatically unbind one enemy spell. So this doesn't in the hero phase, you can automatically dispel an endless spell. This doesn't uh, subtract from his spell casting, does it? No, no, because this is different. Yeah. This is in addition. He gets the one to four. He can then blow up an endless spell. In addition, he can unbind as many times as he wants. Um, that's right. He can unbind any number of spells. Automatically unbind one spell and dispel an endless spell. And no matter how much magic you get, he gets a shot to take it out. And he'll be plus one to unbind because he's always within range of, of... himself. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and let's not forget when you're in range of Selenar's aura again, which starts at 16 inches. Uh if you're affected by an endless spell or a spell cast by an enemy wizard, you can roll a die and on a four-up save, nah, forget about it. Ignore it. Pick an enemy unit within 18 inches, and then that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. This is just bananas. All yes. the stuff he does. I mean, that's what he does, though. Like, he's just, like, walking around. He's like magic incarnate. Then he's at one with the magic. Like, this is... That's his shtick. That's his lore. Harrison and I were gushing over it the other day. I'm not surprised. Oh, come on. It's so... Dude, you, you know, go back... Okay, I'm, I'm not going to rehash the lore episode. You might actually have to, you'd have to listen to it. Not that you want to listen to all that lore, but 
this is cool. And for how many points? Six and change. Six sixty. Dude, that's that's a steal. Nice, one that, number off. Am I wrong? I uh, is that it a steal? Is a lot. Um, I mean, the, the points are at a premium in this army, but six sixty for sixteen wounds, ten bravery, a four up save. I mean, his his. He does D6 damage with his missile weapon, D3 damage with the sword of Teclas. The Talons are doing two damage. Everything's got monster rend. He doesn't have a lot of attacks, but who cares? He's probably not getting into too much battle because he's just throwing light everywhere. And he then if you can't hack sustained pressure, so he will break. Mm-hmm. He's Teclas. He I mean he's he's not he's frail for a, even for an elf. But he's got this cool, this, the, the moon spirit, just like, you know what, Teclas, you talked me into it. I'm going to hang with you forever. This is, is a poor life decision, moon spirit. <laughs> the moon spirit knows. He knows that this guy, he may not be the best, but he's got a heart of gold and he's trying his hardest to make sure everyone does is okay. Oh, this is. I would dare say it's fool's gold, but we all know what it really is. Um, the light of Eltharion. It's the light of Eltharion? Okay. Once again, talked about the lore on this guy. This is fantastic as well. I um, don't understand why it's Eltharion. Because Eltharion was his friend, and he tried to bring him back. I mean, literally, that's what it is. I mean, he remembers he him. He sacrificed from a- Eltharion to bring back Nagash. Yeah, and he felt bad about it. So now he's bringing back Eltharion. Fixing what you did. Okay. Hey, listen. It's like the Farseers, okay? Their ways are inscrutable. Their minds are different. This is what happens when you're dealing with a mind that in tuned with the magical uh, resonance of the realms. This, the, his ways are not your ways. He is inscrutable. He's a god. Eltharion is probably the single coolest model that Games Workshop has ever produced. Quite possibly. Uh, and I would like to talk about Eltharion. <laughs> okay, I know. See, I, I, I was just going to see if you'd at least give the props to the to that. The guy's a god, and he does have some pretty cool abilities. Love him or hate him, it's just it once again totally plays to the lore. Um, let's talk. Go ahead, gush on Eltharion because oh my god, so many attacks. Rend three, rend one, D three damage for all of his weapons. He's just brutal. He is. Uh, so a couple of big things in Southern combat phase, you can pick a hero within three inches of him and you get to add one to the damage made with his knife that target that hero. So it's pretty good. Um, if he charges, you get to add one to the, to wound rolls for his fang sword. So he then wounds on a two and hits on a two, um, And if the unmodified wound roll for the sword is a six, it does a mortal wound on top of Ren 3 damage D3. Oh, God. Um, He's got darts of light that he gets to shoot. Um, And this one is like a small version of the Storm of Searing Light. So you pick an enemy unit with an 18, roll a die. On a one-up, nothing happens. Two to four D3 mortal wounds. Five up D6 mortal wounds, just like auto ping. Yep. Uh, so that's pretty neat. Um, he's a ghost, 
shock. He ignores positives or negatives for armor save. He's got a three up, so that's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. And in addition, you half the damage inflicted by attacks made with missile weapons that target him. Or melee weapons. Oh, it is melee weapons, too. Both, yeah. Rounding up. Now, is that the total damage, half rounding up, or is it like if they're damage one, they just do all their damage? Because you're not having the damage characteristic. That's that's, That's what I'm asking. What does it mean? Half the damage inflicted by attacks made with missile weapons or melee weapons that target this model. I'm pretty sure it's halving the damage characteristic. Um, that will have to be FAQ'd because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a question. It, 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 I just asked it. It's a question. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the answer. Uh, Alex, you're the war guy. I'm the lore guy. Why are you not answering my question? Because it's an army, I don't. Never mind. Oh, um, I get you. Okay, I see. I see where this is going. I see, listen. I I see what you're doing. I see it. I just want you to know. I see you. You can't see me. You're invisible. We're an hour and a half away. Listen, I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. What else can Altharian do? Uh, he ignores modifiers when making to hit rolls. And in addition, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made by him, it's an auto six or is a six. It scores two hits instead of one. Okay. So, so he hits on twos and you can't, yeah. you can't change that. Correct. So he's always hitting on twos. If you can adjust his wound, but he wounds on threes, but if you can adjust it, that's great. And if you do roll sixes to hit, he does. Double hits with rend three and damage D three and rend one and damage D. So dumb. That's so good. And um, with the fang sword, if he rolls a six, he does a mortal wound and then gets the extra roll to wound. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, because oh, sure. Yeah, let's just dish him out. This this army can do a lot of mortal wounds. Yeah, and we've only covered two models. Yup. Uh, and what's his command ability? Uh, unflinching Valor. So start of the battle shock phase. Um, he uses it, and then all Lumineth Realm Lords units holier than 24 of him get bravery 10. Oh. Oh. Well, that fixes... Okay, so if they get bravery 10... If they use the ether quartz already, does that make it nine, or does this just yes. make it ten? Ten. Okay. Minus one. Okay, so they still get the minus one. This isn't ten after the minuses; it's before the minuses. Just checking. Yeah, but this is one of those things that if you use it, this can kind of negate well, the yeah. number of losses you're going to take from battle shock. So it's essentially saving you points from having to do inspiring presence all over the place if the damage is low enough. Okay, cool. Um, now we got the Cathalar, which is just an amazing model. If you can paint it that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Painting the veil and all that cool stuff. Um, I mean, it's a squishy hero. It's uh, it's a five wound, five up save squishy hero. Yep. But it's got some cool stuff. It can, uh, at the start of the Battleshock phase, you can pick a unit with an eight. Holy with an 18 and roll a die. On a two up, and th- I love this. And this goes right to the, once again, right to the lore again. 
I pick a unit wholly within 18 inches of me. On a two-up, they don't take battle shock. And if there was going to be any modifier because they had models slain, I can pick an enemy unit within 18 inches that's going to take battle shock and add it to them. That's fantastic. Am I, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, unless you're playing against no, an army that, that gets to completely ridiculous. ignore battle Yeah. Oh, I lost four guys? Okay. They're not going to take a battle shock test, but you're going to add four to yours. No, I mean, granted, if you get an army where they can completely negate half of their battle shock stuff, then that's fine. That's what's going to happen. Um, but man, that's cool. And that's well, not. And that's not a. That's just an ability. That's not a command ability or anything. You just do this mm-hmm. every turn. And if you have more than one, they all get to do it, right? Yep. Oh, so good. And then, um, or, no, no, they only get to do it once. Because it says at the start of the battle shock phase, you can pick one friendly unit. Oh, holy! Yeah, nope, you're right. Yeah, so each Multiple. of them can do that. Yep. Oh, this is cool. God, I love this army. I never thought I'd love. I've never played it. Well, I, that's not true. I played Wood Elves for a hot minute when I was playing uh, back in seventh edition. Like literally, I, I mean, I never even painted them past the green primer. I just painted them in the basement with the guys, but. Oh my god, this is such a cool army. And then you've got this Darkness of the Soul spell, which I love. Cast on a 7, pick an enemy with an 18, visible, until your next hero phase, 2d6 every time they move or charge or shoot or fight. Make it before they do it. If it's greater than their bravery, they don't do it. It's like everything. It literally is for pretty much everything they can do. Mm-hmm. And if you can if you can negate some of their bravery, you, you got you. You're you're locking them down out of just pure emotional instability, raw emotions hitting them up, and then that. Oh my god, this is so cool, dude! I love this army. This is so cool, and so here, you know what? Let's do this. Um. Because this is this okay. Let's go through the the Yanari, or the no, not the Yanari, the Venari. Is it Venari? Yeah, they'll go through the Venari, and we'll quick go through the the stone mate because there's the three little branches here, and then then you can start telling you can tell us all the cool little combo-y things that you're thinking about in your head, because I know you're thinking about them in your head right now, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I'm, I'm, dude, I'm excited, and I, I don't even, I don't know that I see all the cool things you can do. I just know that they're here, and I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, all right, so we got the three Venaris. You got the Dawn Riders, the Sentinels, and the Wardens. Um, let's talk about the fast cab first. Four up saves with two wounds. Um, yeah, the super fast cab. Fourteen um, inch move. Yeah, so you speed alight them. Then it gets up to twenty eight. Oh my god! Oh, and uh, every one in every five models can be a standard bearer, and you get to reroll battle shock tests if you have any standard bearers. Just throwing that in there. Why not? Extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Um. Okay. This. Uh, 
this confuses me, and I wanted to ask you about this, is the Deathly Furrows, unless I'm misreading it. Uh, did this get FAQ'd? Did I miss this? Okay, I'm just curious. I don't know. I didn't see anything about the Deathly Hollows. Okay, start of the combat phase, you can say it'll use Deathly Furrows. If you do so, you can either add one to the attacks, but it can only target someone with a wound characteristic of one or two without a mount, or you can add two attacks but it can only target units that have a wound characteristic of one and don't have a mount. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, why would you only add one attack to the characteristics of one? I mean, I guess I, underst- I understand the rule, but it just seems weird to me. Like, am, am I the only one who thought that? You can add one attack if they have one or two uh, wounds, right? Yeah. Or you can add two attack if they have one wound. Like, if they have one wound, when why, when would you ever only add one attack? If they're models with one wound and a mount. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. So it's a characteristic of one or two without a mount. Yeah, so characteristic of, wounds characteristic of one or two and do not have a mount. And the next one is characteristics of one and do not have a mount. <laughs> Correct. So basically, if you're fighting against single wound without a mount, you would always take the plus two. Right. But if you're fighting against things that are two wounds and not mounted, then you would only get the one. one. Yeah. But that's why I'm asking about that one in the beginning there. Because it just gives you options. Okay. I'm just, it just seemed like a weird thing. So I'm just, I just asked if it seemed weird to me and I thought maybe I missed something. No. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, if they charge, you get plus one uh, to their wound rolls and improve their rend by one. So yeah, well, and that's on they, the lances. Yeah, they don't have a, they don't have rend. So, but it goes normally. It's just no rend, one damage to one rend, two damage on the charge. That's good. And that's they've got sun metal no, weapons. No. What? The sun metal oh, plus lance one, two wound not oh sorry oh yeah okay yeah so it goes to threes to threes by threes ren one damage okay. one sorry my uh, yeah I'm getting too excited I was I was misreading what I was saying I'm missaying what I was meaning here um and of course let's talk about the sun metal weapons just about all the venari have sun metal weapons sixes do a mortal wound and the attack sequence ends. yeah it's the sixes to hit yeah sixes to hit you don't have to roll you just do a mortal wound. And all the Venari units, the champion is a wizard as long as you've got enough models in the unit. And they can attempt to a spell, do, to unbind a spell, and they know power of Hish, which if you haven't heard this yet, cast it on a six, and until your next hero phase, the sun metal weapons for this unit now do mortals on a five. Also, any number of Realm Lord wizards can attempt to cast this spell. So every unit has it. That's a Venari unit. And every unit can cast this spell. Mm-hmm. And on a six up. And if they're near enough, that other thing with the other parts, they get the plus one to cast if they're near techless. So they're throwing this on a five. And on five, so these guys charge in, they attack. And on fives, they do mortal, uh, mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. And then, 
the Sentinels and the Wardens have the same thing. So your Bowman, sixes to whoops. <laughs> Sixes to hit with the bows. Uh, cast the spell. Boom. Fives to hit with the bows. With a 30-inch range. Well, it's effectively 36-inch range. Doesn't require a line of sight. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And the spearman, same thing. Three-inch range with the stupid spear. Two attacks. And these guys actually have a four-up save because it's hard to get through the, through their shield wall. That's a four-up save. That's not bad. That's really good. That is. Um, once per battle at the start of the combat phase, you can pick an enemy unit within three inches of this unit's high warden and then roll it. Oh, so, okay. So also your spearman, once per battle, your uh, your champion, if they're within three inches of the champion, uh, he roll a die and on a two-up, the enemy takes uh, D3 mortals as well. Because of course they do. And then you cast your 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 power of hish, and fives and sixes are doing mortal wounds as well. This is bananas. This is so good. And then, and then if what? They get charged. Mm-hmm. You add one to the to wound rolls for attacks made by their pikes, and improve the rent characteristic by one as well. Oh, that's right. I missed that one. And when I was going, yeah, okay. So. You can stand somewhere and be like, oh, go ahead, charge me, bro, and either go around me or charge me. Yeah, pretty much. And if you're in Shining Company, you basically just stand Minus there. one to hit, right? Minus one to hit. And then when you hit them back, you hit them back all the harder. Plus one to wound with Ren. Ren one, in addition to Fives doing mortal mortals. wounds on a five up to hit. This is why you're going to see that that battalion. Or just the bows in general. Dropping that many shots, doing mortal wounds on five up. <laughs> this is just dumb, but it's so. Uh, I mean, there's got. I mean, there's definitely going to be counters. I mean, this army can't be the be all and end all. But we haven't seen it in tournaments yet because Lord knows no one's allowed out of their house. But this is. I mean, it's an elite army, and it's elite army for a reason. They have. This is great. This is so cool. And they have an extremely small model range right now. Oh, yeah. Well, right now they've only got three models out um, because you can only buy that box with the with uh, the uh, the Wardens, the Dawn Riders, and the Eltharian. Yeah. I'm telling you, Harrison has... Several hundred dollars put aside, and as soon as all this stuff drops, I am to go to Grognards and uh, and pick all this up for him because he is stupid excited for this. There's pick only up one the rest of the herd. There's there's only one thing in this army that he's not too keen on, and that's that they have hammers, and it 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 it, it goes against the general aesthetic in his opinion. Mm. Other than that, he's super stoked. Um. Okay, so let's talk about this uh, this next group because these guys all work in 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 unison really well. Um, you want to take the stone mage and the stone guard? Sure. Okay. Um, so the stone mage, it's a mage. Great. Um, at the start of the combat phase, he can go into the stone mage stance, and if he does so, him 
and all stone guard units wholly within 12 inches of him cannot make a pile-in move in that phase. However, they get to improve the Ren characteristic of their weapons by one. Okay. Um, not sure if you need it, but what do I know? <laughs> um, and then his spell is Graviatic Redirection. So cast value five. Um, possibly a four. Possibly a four. If it goes off, the caster can fly. But that's not the big thing. In addition, you can pick one enemy unit within 18 inches of him. And if you do so, that unit suffers one mortal wound. And until your next hero phase, that unit's move characteristic is halved and it cannot fly. Oh, wait. Gravitic redirection. He's redirecting gravity to let himself fly over them. And then he's pushing that extra gravity down on them. So they can't fly. Their movement is halved. And they take a wound because somebody got crushed. Yes. Excellent. And then you combine this with the other mountain stuff to make their army pretty much not do anything. You, uh, the, 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 the synergies between the Stone Mage and the Spirit of the Mountain. When you read how they become the Stone Mages and what they do to build the Spirit of the Mountain, you can see that how completely in sync they are. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really cool how if you keep him near them, you count all their cool stats stuff as if they don't have any wounds. That's, oh, I love this. I just love this. All right, what about the two wound stone guard? Four up Two wounds. Two wound Movement four. Oh, they're slow. They are very slow. Compared to Um, elves, but a four up save and two wounds on an elf. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Um, So they have crushing blow. So if they can pick either the diamond picks or the stone mallets with the mallet, the unmodified hit roll of a six, you add one to the damage characteristic. So it goes up to damage two instead of damage one. Uh huh. Um, or if you take the diamond pick, uh, if the unmodified hit roll is a six, then it does a mortal wound and the attack sequence ends. Okay, now they they're not Venari, so they don't get the cool. They're not they're not Sun Metal, so they don't get to do. No, but they they have to do the stance of the mountain dance to decrease the rend. Oh, that's right. Of things that hit them. So then, so. oh yeah. Uh, if you take a pair of stratum hammers, you can re-roll hit rolls, but I'm not seeing you taking that when you got the cool hammers and the and the stone mallets. Oh, by the way, um. Oh, wait, no, the diamond pick does... Oh, not that this has anything to do with what we're doing. Did you read the lore on the sun metal weapons? A little bit. Okay, when you cast that spell, it's sun metal. It starts to glow and burn. That's why it does mortals on five, because it's literally cutting through the enemy's armor like a knife through butter. It's so cool. Once again, the realm of light, they start to glow, and they're just like, right through everything. Speaking of battle cattle... Yep. Or the attack yak. Or trying to think what are the other ones that came out when they introduced this model. The big ones that stuck me were the battle cattle and attack yak. Uh Uh-huh. The spirit of the mountain. Right. You want to take these two? Um, Well, I'm very excited about them, but let's, I mean, they're, they're very similar. He's just got a little bit of a bonus over them, Um, but they have a lot of similar 
stuff here. In fact, I think he's just got one major difference, doesn't he? Other than having more wounds. Mm-hmm. So he has a few other things. Four, he has fourteen wounds to their twelve. Um, they've got all sorts of stuff. Okay. Um, they got a one attack missile weapon, threes by twos. That's two rend and d six damage. And then they got their hammers, four attacks, threes by twos, two rends, starting at five damage and then going down as they lose wounds, unless the stone mage is near them. Um, because then there's a whole bonus to that. Um, yeah. When you look up the value of the model's damage table, if, the, if he's within a foot, if he's within 12 inches of a friendly stone mage, he counts as if he suffered no wounds. So that 30-inch range on his missile weapon and the five damage, as long as you've got a stone mage near him, that doesn't change no matter how, da- how much damage he takes. That's really good. Okay. Yeah, and it doesn't say wholly within. It just says within. within. Right. Um, if he doesn't charge, you get plus one attack on his melee weapons, including that one that we just talked about that's Ren 2 damage five. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the hero phase, pick a uh, elf hero within three inches. If he's still within three inches in the next hero phase, then he can use a command ability without spending any command points. So if you're going to keep someone near him who has an ability, well, just, okay, I'm sticking next to the mountain. Ponderous advice. This, is, this reminds me of the Ents. You're asking advice of the mountain. The mountain is slow. The mountain is steady. The mountain takes its time. So as long as you stick with him that whole turn, you'll get your answer and you get to use your command ability without a command point. Uh, At the start of the enemy shooting phase and the start of any combat phase, pick an enemy unit within the Stoneheart Shockwave Blast, which starts at 12 and drops to 4, unless the Stone Mage is near him, and then it just stays at 12. In other words, guys, if you're playing against this, kill the Stone Mage. Um, pick an enemy within this shockwave ability and visible, and the guy's a mountain, so everyone's going to be visible practically. Um, minus one from hit rolls for that unit until the end of the phase, and you can only do it once per phase. So pick someone you can see, and it's just minus one to hit on top of any other modifiers and minuses that you're already throwing on them. Um, and then he does have a command ability. Pick a friendly elf unit within 18 inches. Add one of the attack characteristics of the melee weapons in the combat phase. You can only do it once in the combat phase, and you can't benefit from the unshakable faith of the mountain's command ability at the same time. Which was the unshakable faith of the mountain's command ability? That is the uh, Stoneheart King's command ability. And that does what? The same thing, but it's D3. Units holding oh, in 24. Okay, that's right. So, And there's the big difference. His command ability, you get D3 units within 24 inches, and they all get it. Yeah, but this only applies to the Alarith units. This is only the Stone Guard. So it's not like you can use this ability on Wardens or Sentinels or something. Uh, still, it ain't bad. Plus one no, attack. Yeah. it's not. Yeah. Um, What's the other big difference? Um, Oh. His ponder, uh, his elder wisdom. It's the same as ponderous advice, except it's a six-inch range. Um, his guardians of hish ability is the same, I think. Stone mage treated zero wounds, unmodified. 
roll from his hammers. Oh, also, if he gets an unmodified six with his hammers, he does a mortal wound on top of the five flipping damage. But yeah, he's pretty much the. I mean, he he's got those two big differences. Everything else is is base. Oh no, he does have more. No, yeah, his he hammer, has more it, attacks but less less rend. range and less rend. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to. So he's slightly different in his attacks. His little his stats are a little different. But the big the big deal in this is that he can do D three units to plus one their attack ring and that's six inch for the ponderous advice which he calls elder wisdom yeah you can the guardian of hish it's active all the time whereas the stoneheart shockwave has to be activated oh yeah you can pick one enemy unit and then you do the subtract one hit rolls and that's just all enemy models you don't have to activate it it's everybody Oh, that's really good. Yeah, everybody within a foot of him is minus one to hit. Oh, that's just great. But then you can combine it with uh, the Stoneheart Shockwave since it's two different abilities. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah, now he's Yometrica, so if you want to get the most out of him... um, you put him in Yometrica, but he can go in other great nations. He just won't get all their nifty bonuses. Yometrica, the mountain stance, um, he's Alarith. If he goes into a mountain stance, he ignores two rend as well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Alarith Stoneguard or Alarith no, Elf. It's the rend characteristic for attacks a target, a Yometrica Alarith. And he's an Alarith. Yeah. Yep. Checks out. Oh no! Wait, enduring. Wait, hold on. Let's go check the battle. Um, enduring as rock. Yeah, it's just Alarith. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. Okay. And he can do the tectonic plates, and he can do the almighty oh, blow. Although he's not the general. Oh. Yeah, he won't get the tectonic plates. He's not going to be your general, so he doesn't get that command trait. But still, ignore Ren too. <laughs> and you could just totally, you could army up with Stone Mages, Stone Guard, and these guys. Like they're, I mean, they all go together perfectly. You can just start moving forward with that. You can go, like we already said, heavy with the Sentinels and the Wardens, mm-hmm. because you have to. It, on any 2,000-point game, you're going to have to have a minimum two units of Wardens, if you're, unless you're playing... Yometrica. Yometrica. In which case, you can uh, you have two different battle line uh, units then. Well, you could take... Well, you're still going to need... Well, no. If you're playing Yometrica, you can do one unit of Wardens. Mm-hmm which would then unlock either Sentinels or Dawn Riders as an additional battle line, mm-hmm. and then Stone Guard. Right. Okay. Yeah, but either way, you're only getting... Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. These Dawn Riders are so fast. Mm-hmm. And you can just fly them right in there. 
Yeah. Okay. So what kind of stuff are you, okay, let's, let, before we're going to wrap up, you know what, let, in fact, let's do this. Let's take our last break. Okay. Now we'll come back and do the endless spells. Oh yeah. Endless spells. And then you could tell people about like what kind of cool, what kind of cool abuses they can commit with this army. Sure. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I hope you know something about this because I, I'm 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 hope because we've I, already kind of gone over all the that's true. Well, then crazy we, with the cheese loose as we've gone. That's true, and we have the different battalions. I just I mean I don't know. Well, I guess we did cover it. Wow, we're good. Okay, well then let's just come back, do endless spells, and wrap things up. I guess okay. All right. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We are back with the endless spells of the Lumineth Realm Lords. And just as an aside, these are not pretty. What do you mean? The models are not pretty. Oh, they're I don't mind the ones with the gems, but I'm not I'm not quite getting the lightning uh and then the symbols and then the the, the yeah. Maybe they'll look better in person. I'm hoping it's the Mornfang effect. The, it's, um, yeah, the Mornfang effect, because you can't call it the A-bomb effect, because that model's still ugly. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go I over the know. let's go over the cool stuff they can do. The Twin Stones cast on a seven. Only Realm Lords can cast it. Set up one wholly within six inches of the caster. The Hishian Twin Stones. Okay, so. Um, when you set it up, put a D6 next to it with the one facing up. Every time a spell is successfully cast within 12 inches of this model and not unbound, after the effects are resolved, increase it by one, up to the maximum of six. If a Realm Lord Wizard attempts to cast a spell within 12 inches of this model before making the roll, the player controlling that wizard can say that they'll draw on the power of the Twin Stones. If they do, add the value of the dice to the casting roll, then, after the effects of the spell have been resolved, change it back to one. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're going to have two or three units all standing around it, maybe even a couple of units of bowmen, 
and they're all casting their uh, sun metal weapon spell. And suddenly yep. this thing goes up two or three real quick. And then you got a mage standing next to it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to just take that. That's mm-hmm. really good. Holy crap. Or checklist. Or tech. Well, I thought he. Uh, is, can he modify his spells? Uh, casting numbers? I thought. No, but he can chuck four spells at 10. Oh, yeah. And just a boom, 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 boom. Up that by four. <gasps> How much is that thing? 30 points? Yeah. That's like an auto-include if you're taking, at least if you're taking techless. I'm putting that in my all my armies. If you're taking techless, um, the issue with techless is you run out of points really quick. One, because he's idiotic expensive. Uh-huh. I see um, what you're doing. I see what you're I doing here. I didn't do anything. I, I stu- um, at- <laughs> and then you take the twin stones, and then you take the mirror. So then you're God, at 760. You haven't even added a single battle line yet. True. But you so can you take run it, out of points quick. Even without again, it's in the lead army. Even without Teclas. I think I'm taking this. Every every unit is a wizard. Mm-hmm. And then you get, you get a, a, a legit wizard next to it with like regular spells. And you're just charging this up so he can be, you know, so he can blast. I like it. And it's not even a legit wizard because it just says an LRL wizard. It doesn't say wizard hero, so this can be a unit that can use it. Well, and they actually can get spells. Yep. Because, oh, yeah. See, this, I like, oh, this is good. The magic must flow. All right, uh, Sanctum of Amentak, what does this thing do? All right, so this one, CV7, it's a single endless spell that is consistent of three little fences mm-hmm. that kind of connect together to form a much crappier version of a Triforce. Because um, that's what I see when I look at it. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Um, so you set up the Sanctum holding within three inches of the caster and more than three inches from any other units. Then you set up the that's second the and third one. Sanctum. Yeah. You essentially have to make the Triforce. Okay. Uh, the tip of its models to, and each model more than oh, so it's got to be. Wait a minute. Then yep. set up the you second set up and the third. Yeah, set up the second and third model so that the tip of each model is set up the tip of a different model from the same of the spell, with each model more than three inches from any other units and with the caster inside the ring. So you got to have a big space around you because if you if any of this is near. If you got any units near you, you can't cast this. Am I correct? The other issue is what if it's a unit of Venari that casts this? Oh, it will hold. Well, then you couldn't do it. There, it is in the FAQ to properly explain how it works with a unit. Okay. All right. So as long as it's on the battlefield, they are a single model that uses the war scroll as well as the endless spells rules. Okay. Um, it's kind of like when somebody goes up on the Balewind Vortex. Okay. Um, I know this is going to sound like a stupid question and I'm nitpicking, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If they're treated as a single model from the caster's army and that unit can only cast spells if there's like three or more models in the unit, 
That's in the FAQ. That's in the FAQ too. See, that's why I'm asking. Um, if they're slain, it's immediately dispelled. Uh, and what does it do? Okay. Minus one from hit rolls and plus one to save rolls for attacks that target this model. In addition, at the end of the combat phase, if this model was targeted, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of the model. On a four up, they take a mortal wound. On a six, they take D3. Oh, okay. So it's it's a it's a mystical uh, shield sanctum. Yeah, a mystical sanctum. Yeah, okay. Is that is that good? Am I? I don't think so. It's thirty points. It seems like a big pain in the butt. It is. Uh, you also can't fit Teclas in there. Uh, just looking at the base sizes mm-hmm. for the endless spells. So you can't get him in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, no, I get it. And, and the other thing is you can't move. Oh, that's right. I mean, I guess if you really want him to live, because, I mean, it's just minus one to hit him and plus one to his save rolls. That's literally all it does, right? Yeah, except I don't think you can move because it itself does not have the predatory rules. It's the same thing with like the bail and vortex. Okay. Well, okay. Now the rune of petrification is is more points than these. Those are thirty pointers. This one's big. Um that's an eight. Set it up with an eighteen of the caster. At the start of the movement phase and at the end of the movement phase. Roll a die for each unit within six inches. On the four up, they take D3 mortal wounds. In addition, minus one to run and charge for units within six inches of the model. It has no effect on Lumineth Realm Lords. That's not bad. No, it's not. At the start and end of the phase. So at the start, I roll a die, and on a four up, you take D3 mortals. And if you don't move, I may just hit you again. Or if you do a double turn. Oh, yeah. So I'm doing it. You can't move because it's my turn. Started because this is the movement phase. Mm-hmm. I put it down. Start of the movement phase. You're taking it. End of the movement phase. You're taking it. I double turn you. You did it again. Yeah, that's not bad for 70 points. Like I said, points are at a, a commodity in this army, obviously. Um, so you're not going to get to take all of these things. But I still think it's cool. Yeah, especially if you do the spells that prevent you from moving. Oh, that's right. So now you're slowed down, and I'm just hitting you for extra on four ups beginning and end of the phase for mortal wounds. Oh, I like this. I like everything in this book. It's a good book. It makes me happy. It does. It really makes me happy. I could almost see the rune going in to the spell in the bottle from Caradron Overlords. (laughs) <laughs> yep oh jeez okay so what are you going to do with all this Alex? like what what now you can take just tons like, you can do the one drop as you pointed out yeah with that one battalion which then they all come down and they're all touching each other so it's all minus one to hit them and they can only move they can't charge or run but who cares they're just slowly moving forward and you're shooting you're shooting arrows at everywhere and mm-hmm. and uh, then they got to charge you and you're getting a bonus because especially oh 
That's a really that's actually pretty good if you want to take a, a like a lot of models in this army. Yeah, if you want to go crazy with the cheese whiz, like that's the build for this army. If you want to go just not fun, not engaging. Um, just <laughs> Make you charge. I'll shoot at you until you charge me, and then I'll stand there with the spears and shoot. It sounds like an old dwarf army. It really kind of does, except they're squishier. Mm, yeah, checks out. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's the crazy with the cheese whiz. The biggest thing I think personally is the sayer ability, where you can double burn the ether quartz. Um. I think that is really devastating um, with a combat unit behind it. So, um, and I'm thinking like, uh, what do you call it? Like the mountain guard, the stone guards, um, just chucking that into oblivion or even just a massive unit of sentinels or wardens, the spear guys um, being able to just stack the plus to hit. So, or even the archers with the plus to hit, yeah, get those guys hitting on twos, um, with mortal wounds on fives. That's oh yeah, this is yeah, you could do a lot, and I'm still yeah, thinking you could play the combat build with the spears, with the hammers, um, with support units of dawn riders because the dawn riders are like really good for like independent operatives. They don't really need anything because they have everything baked into them. So. Hammers and mages and cows. Oh, my. Yeah. 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 I see what you did there. Oh, for for a 10 unit army, this has got a lot. It seems it feels like it's got a lot of different things you can do and got a lot of punch to it. Yeah, it definitely feels like. It has a lot of options. It's just not. This is like when the Deepkin came out and a lot of these other niche order armies that aren't Stormcast or Cities of Sigmar that have these smaller model ranges. You have to try to make more with less. You can just do that by changing the rules um, for like the different nations and whatnot. So. Yeah. So all in all, I just. This is a book that really, all the parts are really well oiled and work well together. Um, mm-hmm. I think, unless you're just going in with the giant horde, as you said, I think there's a lot of finesse to this army that you got to be good at. Though I don't think this is going to be an auto win. I think, like you said, no. if you're pick, if you're picking your, you're picking the wrong two. Now Harrison and I were talking about this with those guys with the three inch range. Um. Can you be, I mean, is there a reason or would there a way to screen them so they can reach over? Or if you have a, a thin row of something else in front of them and then they can reach over? Or is this just, I can just, I got three rows worth of guys, like every guy. So you can screen them by putting like in a stone guard or something in front of them. Because these things are on 32s, yes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're on 32s. They've got the three-inch reach. Um, it would only be when something charged the stone guard that they're behind. Right. And something charges the stone guard, they're still within three. They can pile, pile in, in and poke. 
and they've only got to be within three, and then they're getting those extra attacks, and they're not getting attacked, or you're getting this, oh, these guys are just, yeah, the, the, that range, I, I just keep feeling like there's something I can play with with that range. Yeah. That other things don't get to, because that's a long range for a battle line unit to have. It is. Um, the only other things that could really do that effectively were uh, protectors from Stormcast. Right. Because they also had the three inch reach. The biggest difference, though, is they were three inches going through a 40 millimeter base as opposed to three inches going a 32 millimeter base. Yep. So. All right. Well, uh, folks, run out and buy battle boxes, I guess. Or, like myself, sit around and be like, when are they going to come out with the rest of this army? Still waiting on Sons of Bahamut, but, you know. Well, I mean, all of this was delayed. We, You know, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that today. The Sons of Bahamut would be really cool to see a little more on them. But what are you going to do? You just got to wait. Yep. There's a lot of stuff coming down. Uh, the last preview... Uh, really showcase that they've got a lot coming for Age of Sigmar. Oh, yeah. And it's subsidiary games. So. Yep, yep. And they just released the whole 40K. Every, I mean, right after I sell all, just about everything I have for 40K, they come out with 9th edition, and everyone's like, this is the greatest one ever. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, I'm not, I'm not re-upping. I did buy the rule book, though, because I love to read the rules. And, the, and I love to look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm not rebuying it. I just sold just about all my ultras, so that's that. I will fully admit that I'm dipping the toe back into 40k. Mm-hmm. Not like how Detroit dips toes. I'm talking like legit, just dipping a toe because <laughs> my local area wants to do the crusade stuff. It's like the narrative portion. Okay. Of gameplay for 40k. Got you. So just to do small armies like that. So that's all we're really doing. Okay. Um. Well, I think that's it. I think yeah. we're done. Okay. Well, um, folks, thank you for listening. Hope you're enjoying it. Alex, welcome back. Glad to be back. And uh, thank you for... Uh, you know, uh, doing this uh, Lumineth Realm Lords with me. Um, well, because otherwise Harrison had to do it, and he he's like, but I don't know how to play. So I'm like, neither do I. It'll be amazing. So whatever. Um, Just do a trust fall. You'll be fine. It, hey, it's how I live my life, man. Uh, all right. Uh, once again, we want to do definitely want to thank our sponsors, Chaos Arc Superstore, Six Squared Studios, and Grognard Games. And, uh, uh, of course, the Patreon patrons who make this show and everything we do on it possible. Our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, Lance Payer, and AJC. AJC. Our executive producers, Colin Miller and Frank, uh, and, uh, Frank. Andrew Frank Hewson. Uh, newest patron, Jesse Hughes. Thanks again, all of you and Jesse, for becoming part of the Almost 1%. And, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes, or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. 
If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer, and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.